There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi channel. I'm Sean Fangirl-ass. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing the series finale, episode 13 of season 5 of The Magicians. This is sad for us, but Steve, we have good news. And what would that be? We have a guest joining us today, all the way from The Magicians fan page on Facebook, we have Lorraine. Hello, Lorraine. Hello, guys. Welcome. I'm happy to be here. Yes, welcome to the Fangirl Zone. So glad that you could make it all the way over here from Fillory. Hopefully it was a quick jaunt through a magic tree. Yeah, you get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as Steve said, this is the last episode. This makes us sad because we haven't heard anything. I mean, maybe you will suddenly have something happen, but alas. I don't think this was a bad ending, though. What do you guys think, Lorraine? I think that there were a few things that I would have loved to have seen, but considering it's not like it was like season one where you're like, everybody's dead except for Julia and she's kidnapped. And so (laughs) I think at least it had some closure and you had a happy feeling from it. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, I agree with the way the last four seasons have ended. To have this one end the way it did was definitely... A positive thing for me, I was afraid we were going to have a season four finale and just be pulling our hairs out. So I'm glad the showrunners made the decision to do this season finale a little different than in the past. I mean, I still have questions, of course. I think everybody does. But, and this is pretty much our go-to here at Sci-Fi Talk, it didn't end like dark matter. So, you know what? It's... (laughs) It's okay. It wasn't perfect, but then what is? Because even when that show you love knows it's ending and it gives you an ending, you're still like, but what about? So I think I was happy overall. All right. Now, before we dive headlong into this, Steve, why don't you hit us with some ratings news? Okay. Episode 13 brought in a 0.14 and adults 18 to 49 with 0.432 million viewers, making it the 78th rated cable show for the day, which came up from the previous two weeks. Yeah, I think a lot of people who were really sad about Quentin being gone now will finally end up watching it. Lorraine, I know you've probably seen a lot of it on the Facebook page. Like, do you think that all of a sudden a bunch of people are going to just binge watch this last season? I do. Um, We actually got a lot of people and a lot of posts about that because they said that they just couldn't bear to watch it after season four, but that they're going to wait till it comes to Netflix and then watch it or possibly not. But most of them said that they were going to watch it now that everything's out. I personally thought season four was beautiful. The ending, it was definitely sad, but I stuck with them because... The Magicians, it's not just one character. I mean, 
Right. It was very, very important to us. But that was the magic of the show, in my opinion, was they all had such strong, different personalities and they were all very real. Oh, I ugly cried at the end of season four, but (laughs) that didn't happen here. But there was some heartstrings happening, but we'll get to that. So episode 13, Fillory and Further, Christmas Comes Early. You know what, sci-fi? They can stop screwing with these show synopsis now. I swear to all that's holy. I mean, really? Really? That's what you give me for the finale? Okay. All right. Yep. You know what? mm, Okay. It's, It's over. Let it go, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's start in the penthouse where we have Alice stumbling into the living room. And what the heck? Did we fast forward? Why are there Christmas trees and all these, well, holiday decorations? Well, no, it's not December, but Santa's like, don't know what's going to happen. So might as well give you all a little little present because you never know. Which this was kind of telling that... In my opinion, of course, hindsight, that they were not going to all be back together to celebrate anything, at least not for a really long time. And that was kind of scary, too, at the same time. Now, it didn't dawn on me as I was watching it. But at the end, like, that's what really clicked. It's like, oh, he totally knew. Right. And that just was not cool after the fact. (laughs) I'm so glad it didn't dawn on me early because I'd have probably cried. And in reality, it was really nice to see them actually get to kind of celebrate and relax. Even though they were in the middle of all this chaos, they actually got to take a moment for themselves. Yeah, it was nice. I was surprised, though, I don't know about you guys, that Nick reveals he had already given Alice her gift. Uh-huh. And it happened to be the world seed page. It's like, what? He's the one who put it there? <laughs> I was totally shocked with that. I mean, it took a second for that really to sink in. But when it did, it's like my jaw was just hanging open. Like, whoa. Right. Well, it was exactly what Alice needed to be able to move on. She had to feel like she was taking on a job that Quentin had started and she was going to see it through. And it ended up being her story instead. I thought that was really sweet. I do have to say we go from real sweet then to Margot, which, oh my God, Margot, I absolutely will miss you forever and your one-liners. <laughs> Especially, what in the pumpkin spice fuck is going on? <laughs> right. Oh, I love it. And then, of course, everybody else is stirring and coming down to join the group. So Santa disappears, but he knew exactly what everybody needed slash wanted. Which I thought was really interesting because of the presents that everybody got. Penny and Julia are getting baby stuff. And I love Penny's like, wait, is is this a baby thing? Which I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I realized at the end, it's like that baby sling thing. I don't have kids, guys. So right. <laughs> Neither do I. Yeah, that thing probably would not go on right. And I'd be afraid the baby would go right out of it. <laughs> right. I'd be better off with like a kangaroo pouch or something. But <laughs> Fen with her knife sharpener. And I love the comments I've seen all over Twitter with this. Where the hell did the knife just come from? Because she was in her pajamas. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) where was, what the hell, Fen? I mean, there's being prepared and then there's a little overdoing it. But Margot's necklace, which I did not realize what that was. I don't know if you guys knew what it was right away. I don't think so. I don't think I knew what it was. Nope, I didn't either. It didn't even, like, click. She was laughing at it, but it's like she knew what it was the whole time, and I couldn't figure it out till 
well, it was used later. Right. And it's like, son of a gun, he totally knew. Elliot's bracelet, which again, it's like, okay, just a bracelet. Didn't think anything of it. Right. Zelda's pipe, which I do believe we've seen her with a pipe really early on in one of the seasons. Uh, Yeah. She's with Katie and she's smoking a pipe, I believe. Okay. And then Josh with a zester. I think it was a zester, wasn't it? And it was something he got super excited about because apparently I am all into kitchen tools. Like, I have way too many kitchen gadgets. Yes. And <laughs> Josh puts me to shame because he was talking about how it's sold out everywhere. And oh my God, this is perfect for it. It's like, oh, okay, you're talking way too fast. But you know what? I guess it's kind of the same when I really get on a roll with some baking stuff. So as long as Josh is happy, that's all that matters. Some of the gifts seem to have, of course, vital uses, but we don't know all of it yet. And I want to ask you too. How is it that Santa knew exactly what they were going to need when they didn't even know everything they were going to do? Steve, you want to? Yeah, he just has the knowledge. You could almost call him a god. Lorraine? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, he's some type of, I mean, he's definitely a higher up. I, I don't know necessarily a god, but some type of deity type. I mean, he knows what everybody wants. He knows if, you know, people are good or bad. You got to know that somehow. I just thought it was interesting that it's like he had the foresight. It's not just like, oh, what you need, what you want. I mean, knowing what was going to be necessary for this upcoming quest. Like I said, they were still trying to stumble through it. And he's like, nope, got you guys. I was still surprised. And it kind of makes me believe in Santa again. And I really, (laughs) I think right now that would be really good for all of us. Yeah. Let's get to Elliot, who's going to rally the crew, and they're going to come up with a game plan right after the bunny comes falling from the sky from Fillory. Great. You know what? I love the bunnies, but again, you know what? You guys are starting to, like, commit the most inopportune moments. Well, obviously, shit's going down, and we need to figure it out quick. So Team World Seed is on the case. Alice, Fenn, and Zelda, they are going to sequester away in the Netherlands. For safekeeping. And right there, it's like, you know what? It's not going to go right. I know it's not going to go right. Because nothing ever goes right when they start separating like this. Margot, Elliot, and Josh decide we're going to take the Ark and go to Fillory and start rapturing these bitches up. It's like, how are you going to know, though? This is where I was starting to question. Now, did they ever mention this, like, scroll previously? I don't think so. Yeah, if they did, it was early in season two or three. Okay. Because they mentioned it was affiliated with, like, the map keeper, like, when they were doing the map of Fillory. But I don't remember. I must have missed that. But it's in that room. Hmm. You know who would have been helpful? Underworld Penny, so he can go talk to the guy. Get us all our info. But after this, we're going to also go to the Time Dwarf, and we're going to decimate Fillory. Okay, this will work. Right? That was me, like, cringing, like, okay. Especially when Margo's like, don't worry, I have a shortcut. It'll be fine. I didn't believe her for a second, and I was getting worried. But before we get there, guess what else happens? Because timing is everything. Yes, it is. Apparently, Red Monkey Month really adjusted things. Because Julia's water broke, and, well, there's two people out of the plan. Right. Baby time. I'm sure nothing will go wrong here. 
<laughs> they haven't had enough time to figure out what they were going to do. I mean, they just found out what the situation was with travelers and their moms. I'm so scared. Yeah, most of the plans that they've come up with this season have gone horribly wrong. So <laughs> what else is new? Exactly. <laughs> Become expecting it more often than not. We're surprised when it works. <laughs> That's true. When it does work, I think we're like, what? What? That happened? So, yeah, I get it. Elliot. Oh, I'm just going to say Elliot and Margo. Like, all episode, guys, just because I love them. <laughs> they try to convince Ivan to be their traveler and try to get them to fillery. We start whisking people away. This will be great. Except he's like, I don't think so. It's like, wait, well, what? Hyman, you're not on board. You're not helping out. I thought after last episode, you were kind of like getting to be, I don't know, a team player. But no, apparently he is not willing to have all this stuff happen. But new plan, which this one threw me. I don't know if either of you seen this coming. Charlton pops up in Elliot's head and it's like, I think we have a proposal we can make. What? what? Charlton takes over Hyman's body. And Hyman can return to the astral plane and be the perv that he is without anybody knowing. And I swear it was before they even totally got it out of their mouth that Hyman's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was all for it. Yeah, because apparently being tethered to poop and humiliation just sucks. <laughs> Why is he so focused on poop? Did he forget that happened? I mean, he's been Well, it's only a been a hundred years he's since he's been in a body. <laughs> He's got to figure with all his wandering around. I'm sure he would have ran into it a few times. I mean, sure, he doesn't have a sense of, like, smell, but still. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot how bad it could be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, this is great, but Charlton has to learn how to travel, which is not really easy. So I really kind of wish they threw something in there like, we'll be able to do this as soon as you do this for us. But didn't happen. They did the switcheroo. Hyman seems super happy on his little astro plane. He's like, great. Now I get to watch all the episodes. It's like, all right, Hyman. I really thought that we would have seen a little bit more of him, like following around to watch. If we didn't get to see him again until the very end, I was kind of surprised. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I figured he'd stick around. Well, Margo, like I said, makes the decision. All right, we're going to Fillory without Charlton because he can't get this quite down. He's trying. I had this image in my head from the Harry Potter books, like when they're trying to learn to uh, apparate from one circle to the other. Like, he's concentrating really hard. I'm like, he's going to do it and then be missing a part when he pops up or something. Like, that's what I was totally expecting. Right. Maybe it's just me. No, we see how much trouble Plum has with traveling. And so, I yeah. I was really mad, too, because they talked to her for like a second and she's like, Oh, I just do it through time. It's like, no, that ability's gone. You should still be able to travel now. Right. Like, they didn't even really try that avenue. Right. Nope. <laughs> so I felt like, because we got, like, that moment with Plum and then nothing else. I'm like, what? I oh, no, we did. We got one more. Right. But yeah, I mean, they'd kind of explain some of that later. But I feel like throwing her in so late in the season kind of seemed odd when we didn't get a whole lot of her at the end here. Yeah, I agree. Right. And then I remember when Penny first started out, he would transport all over the world and Fog would have to go get him or whatever, you know, because he didn't know what he was doing. Right. And they even, no, they gave Hyman the tattoos. They never gave her the tattoos. 
At least not that we know of. Yeah, I don't think so. You know what? They throw in these people in at the end. They're just killing me. But anyway. All right, let's transport ourselves over to the library so we could see what was happening there. Well, our little group was ambushed by Fog as he steals the world seed. Now, we're assuming this is our Fog, even though he's gone a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, and he doesn't seem to be able to say anything, just yells a lot. Katie runs after him, leaving Alice, Fen, and Zelda alone, awaiting her return. Well, I feel like that was a bad move, because Alice isn't doing great with her magic, Fen has none, and Zelda's kind of got a lot on her plate, being the only librarian. And what do we see? Holy crap. I don't know about you guys, but when we got the reveal in Fillory that the Beast was back, and then we suddenly see him coming in the library. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that was a really nice way to say it, Lorraine. <laughs> like my heart stopped. I was like, what? Yeah, there was swearing because I was so surprised. Because I'm like, wait, but how and why and what the hell? There was a lot of that. And so when we see him in the library singing and walking all slow and nonchalant, and Alice is like, wait. No. You're dead. <laughs> I was a niffin. This isn't right. I'm thinking they cannot do this, right? There's no way. This just doesn't work for me. And I'm sure a whole lot of the fandom was like using choice words. I won't use all the F-bombs like right here, but I feel like there was a lot of that because there sure seemed like a lot of that on Twitter. Yeah, I thought it was a really nice touch to bring Martin Chatwin back in for the series finale. It you kind of get the full circle. I'm kind of surprised if they wanted to go full circle, we didn't get, like, the butterflies. True. But, I mean, he was in the underworld, so maybe they don't have butterflies there. Alice and Fen, of course, are, like, told, go find the Earth Fountain quick, get out. Even though Zelda's like, I have to stay here because I have to activate permafrost. And that way it'll seal off all the fountains so he can't go anywhere. Else. Yeah, true. Anywhere else. And Alice was so upset. And I really feel like Alice has made a really decent character arc and come back where she wasn't like that snooty girl. Like she had all of the humility, like actually in her. You know what I mean? It's not just like she was humbled for a while and then she's back to being like, I know everything because I can remember everything. I don't know how you guys feel about that. But so I feel like they really had that moment. And when Alice and Zelda said goodbye, it's like, oh, this is, this is actually really sad. <laughs> but then Zelda, yeah. oh, God, this was hard. Like, this moment, I think, was really hard, more so than most of it in this episode, at least for me. Because Zelda, I hated her for what she did. Oh, God, what was it? Season three? Right. And I feel like she's redeemed herself. But when yep. she's like, oh, librarians don't die. We just get transferred to another branch. I was like, oh. And then you instantly think of Penny. And is she going to work for him? Or what's going on? It's like the knife is turning. And as Alice is trying to, I don't know, wrap her mind around it, I guess is the best way to say it. Zelda gives her some really interesting advice, which I would have never thought about. Saying inner circumstances are the only things magicians can truly ever control. And even if it's only one-handed, you're still able to do it. And 
I've always felt like you've had, what is it, everything in you. I can't remember the exact line. I don't know if either of you guys remember it, but like, I feel like Zelda said more in this moment to encourage Alice than her mom ever had. I would have to agree with that. (laughs) Yeah, her mom is an interesting character. And yes, I agree. Zelda has changed so much throughout it. I don't think she ever meant to be evil. It's just the way that she viewed things. And she used too much logic and not emotion to think that she was always doing the right thing when it wasn't. I agree with you, Lorraine. Yep. I do agree. She was very black and white. And when everything happened to her daughter and she had to seek Alice's help, I think that's when she started seeing more grays. And I don't mean in her hair. but Right. <laughs> Alice and Fen get away, Martin busts down the magic door, and you see Zelda do, I don't know, like a little snap. It almost looked like she cracked like a glow stick or something. And all of a sudden he's like, did you just... And like, he realized what happened. And I was truly scared for Zelda in this moment, because he goes over and they have this little like dance that happens. And he's like, well, boys, we got to go a different way. She's sealed off everything here. And when he grabs her and dips her, I was like, is he going to kiss her and try to, like, make her into a minion or something? And I almost thought that would have been better. But, like, when he touches her face and she just starts to crumble, oh, I don't know how you guys felt, but it hurt my heart. And then she was just gone. At this point, you have to wonder, okay, how many more are going to bite the dust in this episode? Exactly. Yeah, I never imagined that I would feel as sad as I was when she died. <laughs> like, I always kind of liked her, but I didn't realize how attached I was until that moment. And I was crying. It was really rough because, yeah, it's like, I don't know, she kind of sidled up next to you and just at first you just got used to her. And then she just got like better and better because of the way she changed and her attitude just kind of grew on you. And it wasn't a bad attitude. It was, like you said earlier, it was never a bad attitude. It was just very within these margins. And so when she changed so much, I'm like, oh, the pain. <laughs> well, it's like they say that nobody is a villain in their own story. At least not, that's not what they believe. They believe that they're the hero of their story. They just have some beliefs in other people. That's very true. I see that in some of the other ones. It's like, okay, well, whose group are you with? And then you'll see who the villain is at this point. So she was great. Yeah, she kind of felt like she had almost become a fog replacement. When we lost fog to the ethereal realm, she was there to basically give them some guidance on what their next move should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that was great because, I mean, fog had been there for so long. And having Zelda there, at least we didn't feel like that gap of these guys just stumbling around, not knowing anything. Well, let's stumble over to Fillory and see what happened there, because that was a whole cluster right there. We get to start seeing Rafe spying on the Dark King, who is putting the finishing touches on his spell to break the barrier between the living world and the underworld. And now we know where the bunny came from. Yep. I don't know how many bunnies he was sending because we see him with another one. So I don't know if it's supposed to be the same one or if he just kept sending. I'm like, come on, guys, let's speed this up. (laughs) (laughs) And this is when we see our trio at White Spire in the document room. And that's where the census is. And we start seeing things change. 
because I think it said somebody died, but a fairy was hatched. So they see the numbers in real time. Yes. Kind of wish our census would keep doing that, but you know, that's a whole other story. <laughs> and Josh is like, all right, let's activate the art and see if the rapture happens. So when he hits the little button and everything starts, I love it. They're like, is it working? <laughs> I just kind of stare at the page and look at the horse. It's like, okay, work, do magic. And things start changing. And suddenly, Elliot's gone. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, hold on a minute here. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't part of the plan. He's not Florian. Now, when that happened in that moment, I thought it was because Fillory still seen him as one of the kings. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, crap, what's going to happen to Margot? Because she's hiking. Although, thankfully, it ended up showing us right away what happened because I think I would have panicked. Like, they're all going to disappear and this is going to go to crap. (laughs) Who's going to get them out when they're all in there? Right? Yeah. And who the hell is going to be able to do the world seed then? Because, oh, God. But, whoo. Well, I don't know if it was better because suddenly Elliot is by Rupert because he needed Elliot to perform a spell to close the door between the living and the dead when I'm done. And he's like, but you really don't want to do this, right? That's why you brought me here? He's like, no, I did the spell like 20 minutes ago. I just need you to close it because I'm not going to have the strike. I think Elliot was a little hurt, but at the same time that he was like, all right, well, he's really trying to get one person out and then have me close this because he knows what's going to happen. So Elliot does a spell to finish opening the door and then starts it to close it, but it isn't what we expected. Because as he's trying to close the door, we do see Lance Morrison emerge, which of course Rupert is like fangirling. Yay, he's here. Except Lance disappears. And that's when we seen Martin Chatwick. And that's when I screamed because <laughs> I freaked <laughs> out. Oh, Rupert, you're such a soft-hearted boy. I knew how to mess with you this whole time. Why was nobody watching where the hell Martin was in the underworld? Yeah. Right? I feel like (laughs) the gods knew what was up, and he was there a long time ago. Why wouldn't they have just moved his butt along? (laughs) Like, you know what? We don't even care. We're just putting you on the train. Get, go. Yeah. Now, do you honestly think it was the entire time, or do you think that Martin had figured out what was going on? And, like, lied, saying, oh, yeah, Lance passed centuries ago. And that he really was there for a little bit in the beginning. I think it was probably him the whole time. Yeah, I agree with that. See, I didn't think Martin knew about Lance. That's why I had questions about that. Like, I thought he was in Fillory at that point, and he wouldn't have known. That's why I was, like, thinking maybe Lance was there for a little bit, and Martin, being Martin, took him out. Well, being in the underworld, you probably learn a lot of things. I mean, there are people who know things about what's going on in the real world, whether past or present. But I'm sure he could have learned or read his book or whatever. Ah, I forgot about the books that are down there, too, that maybe he had. Yeah. Good call, Lorraine. Uh, Martin, of course, realizes what Elliot's trying to do. Not just close the door, but probably try to push it back through somehow. And let's just break those arms. Or hands, or both. Yeah, it's like when you heard it, and I swear, we know that it's not actual bones breaking, but it's like, oh, I don't know, I cringe every time. 
and you know he's gonna fix himself or somebody's gonna fix him in like no time but at the same time doesn't matter yeah because it's like it's taking too long well rupert manages to whisk elliot away before martin could do anything else because i think martin was gonna just snap his neck i'm kind of surprised he didn't do that to begin with right because he recognized him i know you that's when I was afraid to see that little snap of the finger and snap of the neck and goodbye, Elliot. Yeah. And there won't be any magician standing when this is over with. I was expecting that. I really was because I was right there with you. Now, Lorraine, I don't know about you. Steve and I watch a lot of Doctor Who. So <laughs> Steve and I basically never expect any kind of good outcome for most of our characters. <laughs> so how did you feel? Did you think that... It was iffy before we seen Rupert whisk Elliot away. I thought that Elliot was a goner. I was really worried about that. I mean, as we know, death isn't always permanent. I mean, obviously, Q moved on, but it's not always permanent. So I didn't necessarily worry about them not bringing him back by the end. But yeah, I had a feeling that that was probably going to happen. Didn't. Oh, I'm glad it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and surprisingly, we see Rupert doing a spell to heal Elliot's arms. But apparently he doesn't have enough strength to really do it 100%. So he's like, all right, maybe hold off on casting for a while till you're fully healed. Yeah, thank you, Captain Obvious there. (laughs) You know what? The grand plan is this. And well, it was basically to kill you because you've been screwing this up for a while and you didn't realize it. Because you opened the door for the undead and the undead will now take over everywhere if we don't find a way to close the store permanently. And of course, Martin is in charge of the undead. And I really feel like most of them would have been like, you put me here. I'm not following you. But that didn't happen. So Elliot and Rupert part ways. And great, we get him reuniting with Josh and Margot right before they're going to the time dwarf. Well, now Margot has to come clean. That shortcut I talked to you about? Yeah, I lied. So I'm going down the slide. I'm going to take care of this. And if I die, that's what's going to happen. And of course, Josh and Elliot are like, hell no, this is not happening. And which of them... Until they get a finger in their (laughs) face. and (laughs) Which of them actually thought they can stop Margo doing something? Right. Because we all know once she puts her mind to something, ain't nothing going to happen. So when she's about to jump down, she does... Again, this is hard. This is when we see what the box from Santa was for, the necklace. She gives Josh the fairy eye so she can keep an eye on them, make sure they're okay before she changes everything. And Josh gives her a ham sandwich to entice the dwarf, which is more than just the ham sandwich. Yeah. Apparently, it's like a super awesome sandwich. And he's like talking about everything on it. She's like, all right, all right, we ain't got time. And again, I'm like, no, not Margot, because she slides down and the guys are off and going and crap, the time dwarf has been raptured. So, well, it's up to her. So I love it because she's looking to make sure they're okay. And she's pulling the giant lever and decides to eat the sandwich because one last thing from Josh, right? And my heart starts to like hurt and I start getting a little uh, tight chested right now. Because Josh and Elliot are about to head through the tree, and we see the seahorse, which is very pregnant. Glad that they did that so you can actually have that visual, and they see that all the Florians have been raptured. And I'm really surprised, though, that somehow the three of them didn't end up on 
that sheet. But I mean, I guess it wasn't, they weren't there at the time. But when we start seeing Fillory be destroyed, it was so hard to watch. Because it was so sweet to have this like five seasons where we get to see everything in Fillory. And then I don't know if either of you have read the book. I read the first book. I haven't finished the rest. And you get this just sense of how awesome everything is. And I'm getting like mad about all the stuff we didn't see. Like we never got to see the cozy horse and we never got to figure out what the hell happened with that candy witch and Q's blood. (laughs) I was mad because the director or the producer said we were going to see something. We didn't get anything. I didn't get it in the after credit stuff. Even. Yeah. (laughs) And all we're seeing is everything being raised to the ground. And when you see Castle White's fire actually start to fall apart and go down and Martin going to Rupert in the throne room and he's like, this isn't fair. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, this is all happening. It's totally fair. You two douchebags are dying, but not Margot. <laughs> I was so upset because the pillars are falling and you just see everything happening. And I was like beside myself at this point because I'm like, she's not going to make it. What the? And then suddenly, what do we see? Penny holding the baby. It's like, wait, what? And he says, come with me if you want to live. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What What just happened? (laughs) I swear to you, I thought it was Penny 40. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, oh, Josh said I had to say that. It's like, what? Okay, talk later. And out of Fillory, Margo and Penny goes. And at that point, I'm like, (gasps) breathe. (laughs) Breathe, Sean. Breathe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you were probably saying that when you were watching, too. Yep. I was like, okay, I need to pause. This needs to go to commercial. What just oh. happened? It was so hard to tweet, though, during this episode. And we're not even done. Yeah. We still have to talk about break build. So get there in a second. But I was trying my hardest to tweet. And I think everybody who normally tweets with us was doing the same thing. Like they were yeah. trying and it was hard because you're getting so sucked into this episode. That scene was just absolutely devastatingly beautiful, though. And the music and the scenery, it just was absolutely epic. I think the music really is what had me thinking, that's it, Margo's a goner, because we're getting like that swell happening, and, and you just see all the devastation, and, and it's like, all right. Yeah, and she's in the clock, so. <laughs> right. Oh, that was just hard. But yeah. I'm mm-hmm. glad Penny was there. So, Let's something right for once. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Saying the right things, doing the right things. Yay. Let's jump over to break bills now and see what's happening because Katie is back. I was starting to think we weren't going to see a whole lot of Katie at all. But when we see Katie, she has the shell shocked fog 40 in the break bills infirmary. And when she managed to send fog 17 to the ethereal realm, it spit out fog 40. I was surprised, I don't know how she figured it out, that two versions of one person can't exist and that they would spit out the one that's been there longer, but hey, worked out, except Fog's cognitive abilities are a little (laughs) messed up, and I thought that was funny because Lipson's overseeing him, and she's just like, oh, yeah, well, this happens. I'm like, how are you so calm? And we get to see Julia have a healthy baby girl. And I was really starting to think that the shit was going to go wrong right away with her and the baby. Right. Kind of sort of starts to because Lipson's like, all right, I have to sever the psychic link. 
except crazy unhinged fog burst in, kind of like crazy cat lady from The Simpsons, and <laughs> brusquely cuts the link, and Julia's body goes into shock, and everyone's like, what the f- just happened? Right. You killed her. Right. Yeah. I'm like, this is not our fog. That's what I kept thinking. I'm like, no, how do they know that's our fog? It's not our fog. But Katie pursues him because he's running like a bat out of hell. We don't know what's happening. And she's like the only one that really managed to do really good battle magic. So she's like, all right, well, if he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, I might have to knock his ass out. So let's go do this. (laughs) But wait a second. Penny's got the baby, but... Julia's still not doing great, so what the hell, people? Somebody needs to figure something out fast. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, Julia has managed to live through all of the shit that she has lived through. It's like, you're going to take her out like this? Right. And Plum ends up popping up here, bringing Penny food and trying to talk to him. And he's like, come on, we can rewind time and save her. And she's like, uh, no, we can't. We did this. What? Yeah. (laughs) That was my reaction, too. (laughs) Yes, it was. Yeah, there was a lot of that happening, and a lot of me swearing, and I'm like, uh, 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 uh," like, I couldn't even (laughs) say anything. I think what I tweeted was actually, what? In just all capitals, because how could you do a time loop? And how did we not get anything right? Well, something went right, apparently, but... Plum tells him, well, we tried to prevent Martin from entering the Netherlands, but that was too late. And everything in Fillory went wrong, so we had to make a few changes. But what Fogg did wasn't expected, because that didn't happen, so great. And then all of a sudden, Penny's like, hold on, hold on, light bulb. Fogg remembers time loop. I had forgotten about that, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, yes, but he's crazy right now, so how is that going to help us? Yeah, he talks like plover. Right. Well, no worse. I mean, he's just like, I, 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 But we get the flashback to the Clock Barons where Plum and Penny go see Jane Chatwin. And apparently she's the one who had the idea for the time loop. And it's the only way to avoid being trapped again. It's like, wait, what? I forgot about crazy time cop guy. Yeah. <laughs> but... Also, they have to tell her what's going on with Fillory, and Jane ends up coming clean because Plum's like, hold on, you're pregnant with my mother. It's like, well, yeah. But Jane's like, listen, just because Fillory's not here, I'm not going anywhere. It's just going to be a little bit more difficult to find me. A little bit more difficult. Yeah. First of all, you're pregnant at this moment with her mom. How is this not some sort of weird paradox? <laughs> like, again, Doctor Who or 12 yeah. Monkeys. Like, yep. I love 12 Monkeys. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, everything comes back to fog. All right, there's a spell that will help. Just don't tell PETA. Yeah. <laughs> when she says that, I'm like, oh, are they going to kill an animal? <laughs> Again? Yeah. Right? yeah. Cats are not safe. <laughs> yeah, cats are, are apparently aren't doing too well in Fillory. And actually, with the magicians, I should say more than Fillory. Right, right, Bills. <laughs> so they just explode. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently... If he holds the cat, he can actually have the cat hold his crazy. And I love that she says this, and as she's handing him the cat, the cat looks normal, and Fog's like, oh, okay, great, now I can talk. 
And she happens to take a mention of like bad guys in movies, like all the villains, how they're always holding cats. Right. <laughs> and like, I'm seriously thinking about that going, wait a minute, hold on. So she's saying all of these villains were actually crazy in these movies or they were written by magicians and they knew something. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how they're like, the cat looks fine. Like, no, believe me, he's having a shit day. <laughs> <laughs> but Fog ends up being able to reveal everything that happened. Why he stole the seed, it was to prevent Martin from breaking into the Netherlands. Because he discovered the time loop, he was able to figure out that if he didn't hurry up and cut the link with Julia, that she would die. Because you can't be gentle. And by the way, we have to reconnect it, and then she'll be fine. Reconnect it to who, though? Because obviously you can't be to Julia. And I love it how they all kind of look at Penny, because it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> take somebody with powerful psychic ability. Slow head turn. Has he not put up with enough? I mean, he can't travel. He can't do anything. I mean, I guess he still has a psychic ward. But they're putting this poor man through everything. But if he can do this, and he can have a relationship with his baby and his baby mama, I guess everything will be okay. Deep breath. And will it work? Well, we have to wait a minute because we have Alice, Fed, and Katie in the lab with the world seed, starting the preparation for the spell. Okay. Don't you need everybody? I feel like absolutely everybody should be there. It just, you would hope so. It, it just feels like You would like think it. it would take more than three of them. Right. And uh, this is when everything just, I felt, started happening and started happening like really fast. Yeah. So you guys jump in if you think that I'm <laughs> missing something here. Julia wakes up. Penny's by her side with the baby. Suddenly, Penny is reading Julia's thoughts like, oh, yeah, Hope's a great name. And, oh, Quentin is a middle name. That sounds great. She's like, wait, what? How do you- <laughs> what is going on? And Penny's like, well, apparently when I'm holding the baby, I have some psychic link to you, which I guess is better than just Julia going out of her mind. But how is that name going to go exactly? Hope, Quentin, Adiote, Wicker? Wicker, Adiote. What are they doing with that baby? And I don't know. Quentin as a middle name. It's sweet. I get it. That's like a long name. I'm just yeah. thinking like filling in the <laughs> little bubbles when you're doing your testing in school. <laughs> Poor kid. That's all I'm going to say. Well, typically they don't. They just have you put your middle initial. But still. That's a lot of names, though. If they hyphenate the last <laughs> name, is she going to take dad's name? I don't know. Weird. The weird things that I think about when I'm watching shows. But apparently, Penny didn't think about this, but Julia's like, hey, wait, so you have the baby's abilities? What else can you do when you're holding the baby? Well, hell, that's not something I was thinking about. And there we go. Idea, because Santa gave him that little slingshot thing for the baby. (laughs) It's not a slingshot, I know. (laughs) You guys know what I mean. That thing that holds the baby. Well, that's when we finally get Penny had picked up Margot and... Now, a few more people are in the lab at Break Bills. Yay! Margo, Josh, then in the triangle, because they're going to start the world seed, apparently. Elliot and Katie are watching, but Katie's never been to Fillory. Elliot still can't cast. Ben doesn't have magic, so things aren't going the way we want them to. I feel like, <sighs> all right, Julia just had the baby. She's not going to be there. Nope. Penny, I don't think, is leaving Julia, so he's not going to be there. Well, now what? Well, Alice walks in the room and she's like, I got this. It's like, really? You got one hand and you got this? Yes, because I can accept my own inner circumstances. Now, I felt like that's a real 
nice thing to say. Like, I'm accepting myself the way I am and I can do whatever because I'm badass. And again, that's a big stretch for me going there. But I'm like, all right, okay, Ellis, I I can dig that. And hey, the moon's still wonky, but what are we going to do? We're going to do this spell. We got it because we're going to accept everything, good and bad. I love it. The rest of them are kind of looking at her like, what are you drinking? (laughs) What kind of weird Kool-Aid did you have that you're just like, yeah, this is it. This is how we're going to do it. And it's going to work. But she then urges Fen to start talking to World Seed. Fill it with the memories of Fillory. And when Fen kind of starts just rattling off location, she's like, no, 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 no. You have to give it your memories. And again, and I had said this last episode, one before it too. I thought Fen was going to give herself up to save Fillory. And the way it started, when she starts getting teary-eyed and recounting like her thoughts from the first time she'd seen her father perform magic and seeing a unicorn, I thought it was going to seriously be pulling everything out of Fen, and that Fen was going to die to create new Fillory. And suddenly she's like, wait, that Fillory is kind of backwards. I don't like it. It's like, what? <laughs> and she just starts talking about all the bad things from Fillory. I'm like, uh, I, I don't think this is a good thing. What if it fills up with all these bad things? Right. Because you see the seeds starting to close back up and you go, whoa, 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 stop. <laughs> when she suddenly says, I want it to be all the good things of Fillory and all the good things of Earth and all the good things of all of us. I'm like, wait, can they do that? They can do anything, I think. I mean, yep. For the world seed can be anything you want it to be. I mean, it can create God, so. I was really unsure how it was going to happen, and I, I got a little nervous until it, <laughs> it started opening up again as Alice, Margot, and Josh are casting, and it's kind of like kicking things into overdrive because she's talking about even movie nights with Todd, and I'm like, wait, is Todd going to be there suddenly? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Todd's iffy. I don't know if we want Todd there. But we see it opening up, and then suddenly, Alice, Margot, Josh, and Fen are gone. And I love Katie and Elliot are like, is that supposed to happen? Right. Well, I don't know, but nobody knows what's going on. They're kind of looking around, and they're kind of stunned. And instantly, I'm like, they're all gone. What's happening? And again, start freaking out. Because we see Fog with the crazy cat. Does he have to actually physically be holding it the whole time? And if that's the case, how yes. does he change his suit? How does he do anything? <laughs> Is he going to have to hold this cat forever? Time? What was that? One arm at a time? Yeah. It's going to be really hard <laughs> trying to do your pants. Awkward. <laughs> it's going to be like, he's going to have to get, get like kittens and like wear it as necklaces or something just to like have that contact. That's a disturbing image. Isn't it though? Yes. A, a, like a kitten hanging from a necklace? Like in a little basket on him or something. Like a little <laughs> kitty basket. I don't know. This just like, I'm looking at it going, how does he not lose his shit? Or does he just like, is it going to start coming back to normal where he doesn't have to hold on to the cat all the time? I don't know. I will think about that for a while. That's just going to be one of those weird things that's stuck in my head. I'm sure they would have figured it out eventually. We hope so. But apparently the moon is just worse than it ever has been. It just doesn't want to listen to anybody. But magic still remains. So obviously something had to happen, right? There has to be a wellspring somewhere. And uh, we happen to see Katie and Pete with a lunatic who apparently is going to be around. We're going to have them all over the place now. 
because they find out, well, you know what? Tonight is pretty prime for spellcasting. And the hedge witches will all have a lunatic on retainer because they need to know. I mean, they're pretty good with just a little bit of magic, but they also don't want to blow anybody up or or have the birth control thing go the wrong way. Yeah. (laughs) We get to see Elliot in the physical kid's cottage, and it's very reminiscent of the first episode where he's making cocktails, and we find out that he is now a teacher at Break Bills. Who would have thought? Right? Yeah, of all of them. That would be the last person I would have guessed would have ever become a professor. Yes. And he's still miserable because he doesn't know where everyone went. He's missing Rupert, which I was a little surprised that he even mentioned Rupert as opposed to Margot. Because right. him and Margot were like frickin' frack. And so the fact that he doesn't seem more distraught about her, I don't know. Because we don't have a time period exactly how long in the future this is. But I just feel like, I mean, you knew Rupert for what, like a couple months and you've known Margot for years? She was like your partner in crime, whatever. I'm sure he's still distraught, but it just seemed like he wasn't as torn up as I thought he would be. What did you two think about that? I think somehow he knew that he would find her one day and that it wasn't goodbye forever. Yeah, I agree. I think because they were able to keep magic alive, he knows that they probably survived and are on this new fillery. It's just they don't know where it's at. And they've just got to figure it out where where it is and how to get there. And then he'll get reunited. So but he figures that Rupert's dead. So yeah, that's gonna bother him more. He definitely in the, his heart of hearts believes that Margot survived. Ah. See I didn't think about it that way, but that makes sense. But still <laughs> I mean they don't know for sure, but they know that they disappeared altogether while creating the world, so they probably do figure, oh, we'll find a wellspring or a portal or something eventually. We'll we'll figure it out. Well, and she's, she's I, a badass. I hope so. We do get to see Charlton, though, revealing that, yeah, you know what? Rupert probably did die, but now he knows somebody really did love him. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Thinking, oh, he's also somewhere with someone he loves. I'm sure Charlton was thinking with his boyfriend, but we actually see him in the clock barons with Jane. So I'm like, oh, they're having tea together. She saved him. And I'm like, but why? I mean, she didn't want to be alone forever. I get that too. But your nutty brother, maybe not the best thing to do. He's the one who did all this. But thankfully, we don't see Martin anywhere. Right. That would have been the one I would have worried the most about. (laughs) Well, okay. I should say then, we assume it's Rupert. You never know. (laughs) If they brought it back and that turned out to be Martin, how pissed would everybody be? Uh, I'm just Extremely. Awesome. (laughs) Well, we also have Charlton apparently getting a little bit more bold because he has figured out the bracelet from Santa and he's able to change into himself. So we see Charlton, even though it's Hyben's body. And it's like, oh, well, interesting. Okay. We actually see Charlton. That's great. And Elliot sees him. He's like, I know it's a spell, but you get to see me. And he ends up revealing his feelings for Elliot. And he's like, I didn't know if you'd ever be interested in someone like me. And I'm like, oh, that's so (laughs) sweet, but kind of weird because you know absolutely everything about him. And I don't mean like, oh, me and my husband knowing everything about each other. No, this is a no. whole other level. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, he was in your head checking stuff out that, like, nobody knows. I don't know about that. It's a little bit weird for me. <laughs> like, there's things that I don't want to remember that I've done. So, just saying. Kind of weird. But you know what? Elliot decides to lead Charlton upstairs. And apparently they're going to try. Or they're at least going to try some sexy adult time. And as those two kiss and they head upstairs, we see Hyman, who decides to be the perv that he is. Oh, yeah. Because one, one of the things he said, he's like, you have to do weird stuff with my body. Okay. I'm sure they will. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that he said that before, he's like, what? <laughs> Why don't you just do weird stuff with your body? What? <laughs> this is, okay, this is strange, dude. Seriously. Because he's a lawyer. Yeah, that's right. The ultimate peeping Tom. Yeah. That's too true. God, so creeptastic. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we finally get to see Julia and Penny with the baby. And they're searching through documents that Elliot had sent them with potential locations. So this kind of goes back, like you guys were saying, that Elliot probably knows he'll see Margot again. And he's got his best people on it, so to speak. And I love it because they're like, all right, well... Let's go find our friends because these idiots can't save themselves. I love it as they're, you know, grabbing the baby and the big old baby bag and everything. I'm like, did they have a stroller with them too? I mean, they had like everything. And I thought that was so funny. And okay, they're off on another quest, even though they wanted a quiet life. Well, Penny did. But I think this is something. Not happening. (laughs) No, I think this is something that he's actually even more excited about. I agree. Although I, I do have one even better because you know that Elliot would never just let them go by themselves. Like, sure, they could have that whole scene, but then he totally should have came running with like his shirt unbuttoned and be like, "Dude, you're not leaving without me." Right. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to jump into his pants or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, one more, and finally we get to see new fillery or whatever they're going to end up calling it. We see Margot, Alice, Ben, and Josh sitting on an island kind of on the sandy beach cliffs i guess and hey there's all sorts of cool stuff in this place there's a tree knife which you totally know was a hundred percent fen yep there's a wood fire organic pizza oven it's like what a field of crispy bacon now i can kind of get i want to live (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm like wait crispy bacon field and margarita pizzas growing like everywhere i'm down with that so i love that it was a little bit of everything everyone that was there because alice is like yeah the bacon was me i wanted to know though what was quentin i mean i understand fillery was a huge thing of q but i felt like they were gonna say something about q specifically and they didn't i'm like oh missed opportunity well i think with the way the rest of the episode ends it really wouldn't feel right because this is their story and not q's so i think if they would have mentioned something about q right there then what they said at the end wouldn't have the impact that it did oh okay you know what that does make sense i just <laughs> no i was hoping we would see q and fillery yeah i honestly thought we were gonna get like just like the back of his head something like that like they see him walking or or him like pulling the door closed for the underworld some shit i don't know but apparently we do get a little margo i was wondering what margo was because apparently the atmosphere is pretty rife with some opium so you know (laughs) 
Margo's like, yeah, baby, I got this. That would explain why she was so giddy. Yep. And they're like, what should we do? Should we let the Florians out? It's like, well, we're going to have to create infrastructure from the ground up and explain everything to everyone. And Margo's like, you know, Fen, maybe you should do the honors since you're the reason you carried the seed and you're really the reason that we're here. (laughs) And Fen's like, no, you should do it because you're High King Margo, the creator. Oh, and when she does it and we see Margo Uh kind of do that little like, I call it because I do it too, the little like fat kid happy dance. (laughs) like you i got ice cream like margo does that little thing and she presses the button underneath and then it's over but i'm like oh that was really sweet and we have our four high kings and queen well i can't say kings there's only josh (laughs) high king and queens or high king whatever it was so good but yeah it's true she's hiking she was voted hiking oh it was so good but like i said I really wish we had been able to see, like I said, the cozy horse or like from the book, the um, the mermaids and sirens and like just some of the other stuff. And I kind of wish they were able to find the wellspring. So they're like, all right, we need to block this off right now first. Right. So no one poops in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want any accidental pooping over here. So yeah, let's make sure this is blocked off. Yep. Did you guys have any questions other than like what I mentioned? that you really wish they would have answered. Lorraine? I think everyone had the number one on everyone's list is something you've already mentioned, but I'm going to go back to it. The um, the blood mm-hmm. from the Candywood. I actually thought that they were going to use it, not necessarily to like resurrect him, but that they were going to need to require it, especially since the original quest was supposed to be, oh, we need to find Q. He, he's the one that we're looking for. So I thought his blood would have came in really handy for that because I thought maybe they would need that at some point in time to birth the new world or whatever. So I was kind of disappointed they didn't find some way to tuck it in. I know that they said, oh, we never meant for it to go anywhere, but I still felt there was an opportunity there. Well, I (laughs) like just write it in. (laughs) Yeah, no, Sarah Gamble, Mm -hmm. she had tweeted that it would be taken care of in that final episode. It was because she never meant for it to go anywhere. So therefore it resolved exactly how it was planned. What? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You got to know Sarah. She's, that is Sarah through and through. No. It's not sci-fi that gives us the synopsis. It's Sarah Gamble. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, did you have any questions that you wish were answered? No, but I do kind of agree with Lorraine that, Somewhere in the episode, they could have somewhere put in a nod to Quentin. And I think that would have brought a lot of the people that left the magicians because of his death. It would have probably brought them back into the fold and would enjoy the series as a whole instead of being completely distraught with the ending of the last season. So... Yeah, I think a nod to Quentin somewhere along the way would have been nice to have. With him being in the underworld and all the undead coming back, yeah, it it would have been nice to see him take advantage of that and at least make it back to Fillory. Maybe he shows up in the clock barons with uh, Jane and Rupert. Well, he moved on, so he's no longer in the underworld. But at the very least, if they didn't bring him back by saying, hey, we are requiring this, it would be a nod to him to have to find his blood. Like, yeah, he's not here, but we still have a part of him and we can do. And this is for Q or whatever. I'm still shocked, too, that 
the kid that he had when he was in that, like, trying to do the mosaic right. didn't somehow come back. Right? Like, I feel like that was, a. I mean, I don't know if you listened to us early on. I had thought that Rupert was going to end up being his kid oh, somehow. Yeah. Or a descendant. But I did too. I'm kind of surprised that didn't come back. But, well, overall, I enjoyed it. We said that at the top of this podcast, but I'm glad that we got the ending we got. It could have been <laughs> so much more dark. <laughs> you know, like, right. we could have all I, died. Yeah. So, uh, I think, any more last minute comments on the episode, guys? Um, no, I just, it's it's definitely been awesome, you know, enjoying it over the years. The books are definitely good if you check them out. The the ending of Fillory in the books is actually what got to me. I won't go into details, but, you know, it actually made me cry uh, really bad <laughs> in the books, too. So you'll have a you'll actually have a bigger appreciation if that's possible for Margot if you read the, the last book. Um, is that the newest one? Oh, you love it. Uh, the third book. Oh, okay. Because there's a new book now, too, right? I thought there was a there's new book. A comic. Oh, is it a comic? Yeah, the one that Love just came out with. Um, it's basically like the, a new class of, at Breakfield, I believe. Ah, oh, there's a whole whole bunch of stuff we can read and find out more about. Steve, any final comments on this season and the series and this episode? I've loved this series since the beginning, and I am very glad that we got a ending that we can all live with and be happy about because <laughs> so many of our shows on sci-fi have not been given that opportunity. So thank you, sci-fi. Well, I don't know if it, sci-fi told the showrunners up front that this was going to be the end. So they had the opportunity to write the final that they wanted to, or if it was just damn luck, but I'll take the luck. Right. I agree. All right, everyone. Well, you know how we feel about the show. Why don't you let us know how you feel and we'll respond to you. You can send us your email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Let us know your thoughts on the show. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends. They can now watch all five seasons and have their ups and downs with you relatively quickly. So. We totally hope you're enjoying the podcast and you enjoyed everything that we brought to you for magicians. And hopefully we'll be able to talk in the future because maybe it'll be resurrected. Maybe it'll be a new class at Break Bills. Or maybe I'll finally get through all the books and I can talk to Lorraine since she's read them too. <laughs> so once again, you can find Lorraine at The Magician's Fans on Facebook. And she's one of the admins over there. Or are you the, the only admin? I'm not sure. Uh, no, I have a group of 12, but I'm the owner. And she, I'm sure, would be happy to talk about theories over there as well. Of course. And we have um, almost 18,000 members right now. Wow. A lot of so people lot you of can people talk to. Discuss with. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Lorraine, you also have a couple other pages. Do you want to talk about? Um, that would be too numerous. Um, if you actually go <laughs> to the Magician page, um, we have all of our sister groups linked, so if you're a fan of the magicians, if you're looking for a new, you know, show, we have uh, suggestions as well that other people enjoyed. Um, and just so you're not alone, the, the magicians community will live on. And for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. You guys know our lives are about to get even weirder in some insane way we can't possibly predict. And until next time. <laughs>